Sounds like you wasted your money because uh, you look the same, bro. Oh my gosh, will like you just thing. be nice? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to tell you that I did not get it because you told me it was, it was not a video. Oh, okay, okay. So this uh, is I me. Bet you said you I... hired a makeup person for this. No, I said I was thinking about it, but since you oh. said it's, there's no, it's not video, I was like, okay, I guess I'll go look pretty ugly for you guys. Yeah, I <laughs> you mean, you can look as ugly as you no, want to. Stop it. I, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, don't I wish. Mind. Oh, there she is. I was like, where's yeah, Athena? I'm <laughs> she's right on, here. She's somewhere. She's Who somewhere. knows these days where she is? Yeah, but it's good seeing you guys. How you guys been? How's the weekend? Oh, it's good, man. I've been doing nothing but like streaming uh, on Twitch all weekend. It's been fun. I, I felt like oh, I you talked a lot. Twitch, like you game or like yeah, it's just a wrestling stuff? game. Like, just a wrestling game. Nothing you'd really be too interested in. Oh, <laughs> dang! Uh, Fire Pro Pro uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World. It's pretty fun. I enjoy it. How many subscribers do you have? Uh, like 166. Actually, when I started streaming yesterday, I had 166, and now I have 165. So oh. somewhere I went the wrong direction. <laughs> that's pretty good though right i mean that's that's some i'm sure like each one has to pay right no they're not paying for it it's it's free for twitch um but the thing is is during the pandemic uh i was streaming our friday night open mic on twitch a lot just every week i was streaming it and doing it and i was on twitch and i was like interacting with other people so i got quite a few followers uh during that time but i haven't really done much with it like in the last year and a half or something okay but yeah, I want it, to. Is, is, is it the same game that Falco plays? Because he posts like, <laughs> like snapshots of a game he plays on Twitter. Oh, no, that's a game he plays uh, on his phone. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That's a fun game that he plays, too. I, I don't get that one, but, you know, one day I will. It's cool because he makes headlines and shit when he makes when he plays that game. Yeah. He makes like fake yeah. headlines. <laughs> Hell yeah. So how you been, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just, you know. Recover from the weekend, had a pretty long weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, they're just hanging in there. The holidays are coming. So I'm just bracing myself for the cold and for the um, for the financial uh, bad decisions I'm, I'm, I'm going to most likely make. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, I'm enjoying the cold because this a few months ago it was like 118 degrees. And oh, so yeah. I'm like bring on the 45 degree temperature. It please. was getting super cold in the house and he was in denial. He was like refusing it walking around in his tank top and shorts with no socks. And I'm just like, get out of here with I'm you. wearing <laughs> socks now, though. I am wearing socks. So Sam's a tough guy. He's a pretty <laughs> thick pony. I grew up in the mean streets of San Jose. What the can summer, I say? The summer's yeah. made him bitter. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell I forget yeah. that you guys you guys live out in the um, in the Central Valley, right? Yeah, we live in Tracy now. We've been here for like mm-hmm. f- almost six years. So, yeah, so the heat's definitely different over there. Oh, it gets a lot hotter mm-hmm. here. Central air is necessity. In San Jose, it's a luxury. Here, it's a necessity. <laughs> yeah, man, you could. I don't think I've ever had. Hot. I don't think I've ever had central air until I lived here. Wow. Yeah, it's true. Because mm. if you don't have it, you die. Yeah, because if you don't have it, you will die. There's no joke. All right, yeah. on that fun note. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hypothetical Comedy, the podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I'm Athena Rodriguez. And we are here with comedian Jorge M. Sanchez. What's up, Jorge? Hey, thank you for inviting me over. I'm excited to be here. Hell yeah, man. You're on our uh, our long short list of people that we wanted on. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, part at the bottom of the list, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you made the list. There's about 800 people on it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I was in the top 800. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you barely made the cut. You barely made it. You're like 799.5. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're entitled with the, the tree outside my house. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, but we hey, didn't have the, 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 the tree's probably like better looking than me and, and funnier i'm sure well there's no <laughs> videos so we don't need to worry about that plus the tree has a makeup artist oh. <laughs> that's or right so we heard. <laughs> no though we wanted to have you on though because like we've known you uh you know since we've been back into comedy and you're super awesome and you've been doing a lot of shows and a lot of stuff you know things like that so yeah hell yeah man welcome to the show hell yeah. yeah well you guys are super awesome too i'm happy to be here i appreciate that hey so are you are you from san jose you were born and raised here right yeah, born and raised in the South Bay. I mean, if you're gonna get technical about it, because I got kind of called out about it recently. And oh, you so, did because I, I was born and raised in the South Bay. I'm currently living in San Jose. I've been living in San Jose for like I mean years. I started comedy while doing San Jose, but I was raised in Mopitas, which is like a small town, like right right next to San Jose, and um. And I got caught out by Mopitas people saying, you should start representing Mopitas more. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean, it wasn't a big deal to me, but I guess it's a big deal to them, you know? So, yeah, I mean, so, I so guess Mopitas so. raised uh, San Jose living. I don't know what to tell you. My personal opinion is uh, living in Mopitas means that you live in San Jose, but you're closer to the Great Mall. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Like it, it's like um, I don't know. That's why I prefer to describe myself as a South Bay comic, just to encompass everything down there. Yeah. No, it's true though. But if you went around and said I'm from Melpitas, people would go, "What the fuck is Melpitas?" Yeah. You know, well, like I mean, it, I mean, it, it, here. it's it's hard enough to go around and say you're from San Jose, and people are like, "Oh, okay, I have an idea where that's at." I don't know. Is You're that like, oh, San Jose? Yeah, no. then you have to say, oh, yeah, it's by San Francisco. No, well, see, that's the worst part. It's like, I live in San Jose, where that's at, the San Francisco Bay Area. And then they just assume you're like by San Francisco, which is like 40 minutes away. And it's just funny because I'm like, it's kind of like you get divorced, but you stop to mention your ex wife's name. Like, I don't know, like, like what, like, I don't know, something like that, where you have to refer to something that's not you. Yeah, it just yeah. stuck with you. I mean, no fucking sense. But you know what I'm trying to say. The point I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, like, it, I think it's I think you a new bit, you guys. A new bit about divorce. Yeah. <laughs> a new bit about divorce. Who am I? PX. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you guys are are doing a new podcast. Yeah, we were right? gonna we were gonna wait, but let's get into your podcast with PX. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we just started a new podcast. Me and PX uh, talking about you know where we where I live. Uh, I, I turns out PX moved in my area, my neighborhood. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, within the year, and like I was like, "Oh shit, you live like down the street." And she's like, "You live down the street," and we kind of joke like, "Oh, we should start a podcast." And then eventually, I was like, "You know what? Let's just fucking do it." And like, so we've been meeting up here and there, and just like you know, just talking shit, you know, just whatever. And it's pretty cool because it's like, um, me and PX are totally different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, like. We're, we have a lot of fun so it's available now on spotify stitcher and pretty soon trying to get on many other places where you, you yeah. nice. what is it called podcast. it's called your worst neighbors 
Nice. It's funny because when that first, when you first promoted that, Athena was like, hey, I don't know Jorge and PX for neighbors. Like, well, they don't have to be neighbors. They're just talking about neighbors in their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're, we are literally neighbors. We're That's neighbors. Really cool. I did not know that. That's awesome. Like, I can literally just walk over to her place and ask for, like, so, like some sugar or something, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Aww. Hell yeah. I like it. So what's growing up in Milpitas like, man? What's growing up in Milpitas? <laughs> yeah, like, did you have cool stuff out there? You know, did you have, did you get to walk to the Great Mall? <laughs> yeah, you know what's so funny? Yeah, Milpitas was cool. It's a weird town for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I, it was it's kind of known for its Asian population. So like the most people I grew up were like Filipinos and Asians and yeah. And so there's some Latinos, yeah. But I don't know, it's pretty nice. It was like sub suburbia a bit. Yeah, that's cool. I remember going through it, you know. Melpinas, you know, it's, it's, it's in neighbors San Jose, so it's just right there. Well, it's like the buffer zone between Fremont and San Jose, you know. That, oh, that so it's like the tracks. So if you if you go past Melpinas, it's like the other side of the tracks. Basically, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> and it was pretty cool. It's so funny. Like the, when I was living there, I didn't really went to the mall. Ironically, you know, I, I know like like wasn't like mall culture a thing in the nineties? Yeah, like I guess you're a lot younger than us because I grew yeah. up going to. We would go to Eastridge, we yeah. go to Valley Fair, we go to the Great Mall, we go to Oak Ridge. Uh, it was just yeah, I guess it was. I I just forget how young you are, you know. Yeah. Baby, baby. yeah, the hairline yeah. just throws me off. I forget how young you are. <laughs> yeah, I started balding and growing a beard before you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that too, man. I can't grow my shit in. It just looks like a fucking. I don't even know how to describe it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, but 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 by the time by the time I went to I graduated high school and went to college, like oh, I, we already moved out of Mopitas then. So Mopitas is literally just the childhood. All my adult shit was in San Jose. Oh yeah, well, actually, I, well, I, 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 I did live in Cupertino for a little bit, or for in the border of Cupertino, Sunnyvale, while I was attending co- uh, De Anza College. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and then so when transfer- did you did you yeah. move out of Melpitas with your parents then? Since you said you graduated high school out of Melpitas. Yeah. No. No, I moved out with roommates. At oh De Anza wow! College. So you moved out super young. Kind of, yeah, I guess. Not that young. I would say early 20s. Okay, okay, nice. And when I moved out in my early 20s, I realized, man, I had it pretty good living with my parents. <laughs> I mean, everybody realized that uh, at some point when they move out. Yeah, I was like, damn, like, fuck, I gotta out. You know, you know what's so fucked up is I used to go and visit mom just to do laundry. And I know that's like the most common thing to do. but Right? Like, <laughs> that's not fucked up at all because mom gets a visit, you get laundry done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Win-win. Huh? Win-win. There you go. Yeah, she might make dinner for you. Yeah. The thing is, like, but like to keep up with rent, I mean, this is like Cupertino on Sunday, but I had to get like two oh. jobs. And so that yeah, was I bet. Oh, yeah, I bet. I had to get two jobs and go to school. Like it was, it was a bit of a struggle, but like I moved in with friends and like I was surrounded by friends. So I guess it was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. That, especially those years of your life, you know, cause that's super character developing and yeah. stuff. And, and uh, you're just learning the ropes and how to, how to live life at that point. Yeah. Ever since then, like I was, ever since that, I never was into flashy things. Like I was not into like flashy. I was no longer into like <laughs> flashy cars. <laughs> 
honestly, like for me, what, now what I find sexy is reliable things. Like, things that, like <laughs> I, I, I could, like for example, this computer that I told you that I have, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it started to crash on me, but I had it for like almost 10 years, like I want to say eight years now, six, seven years. So like frugal is definitely my spirit, like animal kind of thing. Like, <laughs> Like I learned to be very frugal with things. So what you're saying is that you're in a long-term relationship with your computer. Yeah, and she's trying to leave me already. You know? <laughs> she, she, she's dipping out, crashing out, doesn't want to be with me no more. Kind of exactly like my real love life. It's kind of sad. Oh, right. <laughs> so at what point, uh, so you, you're going to college and stuff. At what point did you really like discover that you uh, had a thing for stand-up comedy? Like like mm. you didn't kind of wanting to do yeah. it that's a good question we'll tell you something you know it kind of oh good question because my journey to comedy is kind of complicated than most people like most people are like oh they, they really want to do it and then they one day they did it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> right no but you know what i'm trying to say like they're like oh yeah. for years i like they'll be like, oh, I'm a fan of stand up, and for years, you know, I wanted to try it, and they finally did it, and they got hooked, right? That's kind of like for most people, not for everybody. Of course, well, that's right? a lot of people's story. And for me, it wasn't like that because I was never the funny guy. I had funny moments, but I was not the class clown. And like, if you ask any of my friends or even family, like, oh, did did you see Jorge doing stand up when he was younger? And they will say no. Uh, uh, <laughs> Cause I was more of the artsy kid. I was more into like fucking. Okay. I was talking about like fucking maison scene cinema, Italian neorealism, and when I was in high school, you know, like, so, so, in high school I did theater, my senior year. I sacrificed my senior year of football to do theater, oh, and I wow. it was the best decision I made in my life because I really enjoyed it more than football uh, somehow. Nice. So the idea of performance was already there with me, but I like, but I was into like performing like serious shit. I wasn't like a, a comedy performer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, the, the first play I was in was a comedy, but I had like a small role at the end, which is like the perfect role, you know? It's like, fuck yeah. I don't come until the end. And I just have a few lines and it's a comedy. So if you fuck up, you know, it's like, whatever. Heck yeah. And the second play I was, acting in i got a major role and it was a drama with wow. serious acting and that was definitely harder with a lot of lines to memorize i fucked up once in the middle of, of, of a sold out crowd but I, I think i think it was okay i i, I just so i, I played the father <laughs> no, no surprise there i played the dad <laughs> and, and i have a conversation with my son that like goes from one to a hundred, but it leads up to it. H halfway through my monologue, I forget where I'm at, and I just skip to the hundred part. So I, go, <laughs> so I go from, oh, my son, I love you. I'm happy you're here, to all of a sudden like, hey, and that's why you should listen to me, god damn it. <laughs> you know? So, so anyway, so, so, it was at that age where I was like, I want to do something with entertainment, something, but more of like behind the scenes, creative, creative, creating things. Like as much as I enjoyed being a performer and being in front of things, I enjoy more putting like things together, like putting together skits, plays, films, 
mm-hmm. uh, and just the, the more the production way of of, of careers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then the decision came where it's like, you know what? I think I want to be a filmmaker because w- w- being a filmmaker, oh. I feel like it, it encompasses everything. Yeah. You know, performances, production, and you writing. know, writing and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So, so, and then, and, and keep in mind, like, I, I was graduating in 08 from high school. So, like, oh, wow. we, like, my generation has gone through a world war or technically a war um, in the Middle East. So, a lot of my friends are going to, to, to the army. Mm-hmm. And also, we were going through a recession. So the biggest thing that they were telling people was like, it doesn't matter what you study, your degree is not going to matter. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, they're like, Dude, like the economy is so bad. Like, what's the point of going to college? Just that. So I was like, you know what? Instead of going to, because it's also common that we hear about people going to college, getting a degree mm-hmm. that they don't like and end up being in debt. For yep. that shit. That, oh, that yeah. was our generation. So you are a lot younger than us because our, when we were growing up, it was college, 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 college. Yeah, that was it. my generation was like debt, 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 no matter what. You <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to I'm going to go to school for something I actually like to do. And that's when I decided to go into filmmaking to study it. But, you know, I was I, 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 you know, I'm, a, I'm a lower middle class city kid. So, like, I can afford, you know, USC or fucking, you know, all these big film schools, or film colleges. And I was not going to put my family into debt over it either. Yeah. For myself. So that's when I decided to go to the Anza Community College, where they had supposedly the best film program in the community college. Oh, um, nice. You know. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, I didn't know that. Fuck yeah! Yeah, that's right yeah. there. It's right there in your own backyard. Yeah, and it makes oh, sense. It <laughs> <they> got, <laughs> yeah, it's incomplete. and it makes sense because they got a lot of funding from local tech companies, so it kind of made sense because they have really nice equipment, studios, Hell and yeah. like. Trust me, when I transferred. I mean, no disrespect to San Jose State's film program, but when I transferred from De Anza to to San Jose State, it really felt like a downgrade in some ways. Wow, that's that's really crazy, yeah. just because of the uh, prestige, you know, the prestige of the university system. Right, right. <coughs> so anyway, so I mean, don't, don't worry. This leads up to stand up. I, I know <laughs> that I'm going very long. No, this is very interesting. Yeah. I really, I have so many things to ask you about this after, but, but yeah, but, keep going. But, but but the stuff that I've gone through with theater and with film, I I, I apply I apply even to this day to stand up, and I'll tell you in a bit, and I'll get there. But like for so I go to the end of college, and I go to film and you know all that, and I'm you know it's a good time, and then I transfer, and then I had to transfer to a university eventually, right? And I don't know, like I mean at this point, a lot of people they kind of want to go far, they want to go to L.A., right? You know, New York. Where, where entertainment is actually at yeah and i don't know if it's a right decision yet but i decided to stay locally still yeah and i went to San Jose state and that's where i continued my my film studies and i don't know i like it you know because it's local i i really love being from the south bay you know so it wasn't that hard of a decision but it was just kind of weird seeing a lot of my friends going to la and i don't know they're doing pretty cool shit down there so we're just cool whatever but anyway, so in San Jose, I had a hard time. My first year was I had a hard time uh, really getting, I don't know, just getting involved with San Jose State, you know, because yeah. it's yeah. like, because it's like a commuter school. So a lot of people come and they go. 
no, nobody really wants to hang out. And I was also like, because I went to community college and I transferred, I was older than, than some of the, my classmates, most of my classmates who came from high school to university. Or I'm, I think I'm losing. No. Oh, no, no. Sorry. My cat was acting crazy. <laughs> the cat's like, dude, whore, you're fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was making sure she wasn't trying to break down the screen door because yeah. she started oh, jumping shit. up against it. I'm going to close the, I'm going to close the sliding glass door, but keep going. Yeah. yeah. No, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> The cat, the cat. This is probably the most entertaining part of the podcast. No, man. I mean, she tackles me. I feel like she could knock that screen door down. Our screen door is kind of broken. Our screen door is kind of broken. So if she pushed really hard, she can knock it down. So I just wanted to close the door. Um, But anyway, so yeah, you go to San Jose State. You know, you're having trouble getting your footing and fitting in. Yeah. And then, or just tough. And then one day after class, I see a group of people coming in fucking pretty happy and shit i'm like oh what's what's this and they say oh this is the the comedy club of san jose state oh right the stand-up club the stand-up comedy club san jose state that they meet up after at this class after after my class i'm like oh that's pretty cool like let me stick around for that and and it, it was by my friend rob roy who's passed away now uh and um him and and i don't know i ever since then i hung out with them and they encouraged me to try it and i tried it and, and it brought me back to my theater days and like and i got hooked from there well wow. honestly i got to stand up as because I, I was kind of in a place of desperation you know because i'm kind of like, lost I don't know what i'm doing here like i don't know like nobody wants to hang out so i'm hard making friends maybe i'm and but then when I met them, I felt like I fitted right in with these with this like you know <laughs> Motley Crew of like you know Motley Crew is a good way to describe it because a lot of times the, the people that do go to like uh, just like are attracted to stand up are the people who kind of feel like social outcasts. Yeah, and we kind of was we, we kind of all did, and that's something that I really loved about stand up is that we all made fun of our like our insecurities or just our like. Or like you know fucked up family shit, and that kind of really uh, sparks like a kindred among each other, like comrades. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we're like, oh, we all gone through this shit. And, and oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, and 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 like Rob, and, and like I think the, the other person who was there that is still doing comedy, is, you know, so far is Ryan Sudakran. You know Ryan Sudakran? No, I don't. I don't think I've ever even heard of his name. Oh. He's one of the funniest guys. He's he, he's in San Francisco, and he just got past the punchline. And he like, was in the uh, SJSU uh, comedy, stand yeah. comedy club. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like five six of us, uh, and, and and coming from different backgrounds. We were like we were like the Breakfast Club of like <laughs> of us just you know just hanging out after class and mm-hmm. trying to come up with material. That's cool. You got a movie out of your guys' life. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then the first mic, official mic that I did was at Frascati, which was a couple blocks away, because Frascati for the longest time had a general open mic. Oh, okay, okay. So it was like a little bit of everything. Right. So you could sign up and you could do music, poetry, and not many people were doing comedy. I don't think many people knew about it. And then you guys discovered it, and you're walking distance from the school. Right. Right. From the Hell school. Yeah. And, and that was probably the first time I performed in front of a, a real crowd. We would just perform to each other, but now perform in front of a real crowd. 
and yeah and the rest is history ever since i've been hooked ever since and 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 yeah and and eventually you know i'm known as the guy that ran for scotty yeah so that kind of came full circle there so i have a question um so we had cynthia on the podcast cynthia was talking about how she was in the stand-up comedy uh club at san jose state and i asked her the same question what's it like what do you guys do uh, but before you answer that question, her answer was this. I don't know. I only went twice. <laughs> that's true. No, no, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> she popped in once or twice. But but me and Cynthia, we've been friends since De Anza. So she's my homegirl. Oh, you so know? you knew her before San Jose State. Oh, wow. Yeah. means Yeah. Dude, I, I, Cynthia is such a smart fucking funny person and we love yeah, her. when, when i went to dianza at 18 she was there when she was like 15 or 16 wow i didn't know that yeah. she didn't brag about that at all yeah so so oh let me brag about my friends for a second then okay because <laughs> she she's super smart super funny and and super creative and an amazing person overall so mm-hmm. it was kind of funny that you know we eventually both got into stand. I mean, me earlier than her, of course, but she did pop in once in a while, which is pretty cool. Um, so she she's uh, she's come a long way, and oh, yeah. and yeah, and it was she she's more awesome than than she's describing herself. To be honest, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure she is definitely, yeah, definitely. But, yeah. but yeah, she popped in once or twice. That part's true. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what do you guys do there? Is it like open mic and just in front of the room of people or? Um, yeah. you guys sit down and write together or a little bit of everything yeah. it was basically a workshop okay it was basically a wor- you know my friend rob roy who started it he he's the one who had stand-up experience he's from orange county and he he's the one who he's the one who really guided us and his methods is method I, I like to still use today which is like just talk get up there just talk like don't take it seriously like if you have nothing to think about or to, if you have nothing to joke about, just go up there and just talk about what happens to your day, what's something you find interesting. And then yeah. through that, you, you'll find the humor. Yeah. And that's right. kind of true because it's like, could you know that feeling where it's like when you're talking to friends and you're just naturally funny? Right. Yeah. I feel like that's me. <laughs> and, and it comes if you guys just talk and feeling each other's chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I think was trying to instill in us is like, Hey, just get up there, get comfortable with the crowd, get comfortable with the people around you, talk about if something's interesting in the room, talk about, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's not like, oh, you got to write, set up punchline. It's more like, you know, conceptually, what out. do you find yeah. funny? And then from there, you refine it to the setup punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Like when I used to work at CVS, I would be at the cash register. And I would just riff on everything that was constantly moving in the room. The whole line would be laughing. People that didn't even know each other would be just like, you know, three people down just laughing. And people tell me, you should do stand-up comedy. You should do stand-up comedy. I'm like, I do. Here's tickets to see me at the improv. You oh, know? Shit. Yeah, that was so cool. That would happen. Uh, but I wish I could channel that on stage. I mean, I, I can go up there, do, you know, one or two jokes about the room. But like, I, I feel like I can't just throw my material out the window and just be like, hey, what's going on? What are you, where are you from? What do you do? You know, I just feel like I wish I could channel that more on stage. Yeah, and, and I think it takes a long time, I feel, yeah. or to some people. To me, too. It took me, I, I, honestly, I've been doing this for eight, nine years, and I feel like my most confident on stage now, that, like after COVID. Yeah. So my seventh oh, yeah, year. Totally. Seventh, six. Uh, so my first five years was just figuring shit out. 
to see figure out if, if I'm even funny. But like, like <laughs> sometimes, so sometimes you get caught up of your 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 bits and your performances that you forget to take in the, the no, crowd. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And sometimes I just feel so robotic. Just doing yes. my jokes. I just feel like, all right, here I am telling these fucking jokes. Right. Right. Yeah. But sometimes I just feel great about it. But yeah, sometimes I just feel like this terrible. Like I'm wasting the I'm wasting everybody in this room's time. You know, I feel like that sometimes. What? Aww. Well, you're you're projecting because you feel like you're wasting your time by Maybe. by being very, you know, by saying repeating everything, which you know it doesn't yeah, wrong, but at the same right. time, that's usually a sign for you. To like, hey, refine this or try a different angle or yeah. maybe, you know, try to, and it's tough to get yourself mentally is tough. Like I, I've been there so many times where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that joke, but I know it gets laughs. Like in, in that, yeah, in, yeah. that in, in itself is kind of soul sucking in a weird way. Kind of, you know, um, it's almost like, it's almost like selling out kind of. Yeah. but Like you uh, feel yeah. like you're selling out, even though it's your material that you wrote. You're like, I really don't want to tell this joke, but I need to tell it because it gets laughs. But but what I realized is that um that that usually could could you, you how can I say this? When, when when I'm excited about a bit, I feel like it gets across much better and easier as yeah. opposed to if I'm not excited about it and I just say it very robotically, then the crowds reactions very like they get laughs but it's more like you know low energy laughs yeah right i feel like if i can come on stage and do like two or three jokes about either the host or the room or the person before me just something like that and like it gets strong laughs then i'll usually have like a stronger set like because i'll just feel more like confident as i'm talking right and that's something that helped me is i kind of had like a mental shift recently when it comes to comedy and that is to allow myself to experience joy more. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because I, I think we get caught up about stand-up, what stand-up is and what we see in, in how stand-up is portrayed. And then you feel like you got to be bitter. You feel like you got to be, you know, a, a, a little bit, you know, that, that poetic, stoic, angsty stand-up comedian that, that <laughs> just talking about life shit and life's horrible and, and this and that. Yeah. And, and then even off stage of just like talk, you know, like, you know, oh, I'm funny than this person. I'm fun. Like really comparing yourself. And it came a point where I was like, that's not me. I don't like being that person. I should just, I'm yeah. in this because I love it. You know, there's no money involved. It's not paying my bills. So what, why, why should I allow this to be part of a stressful part of me? Like, why am I adding this stress to me? And that's where I'm like, you know what? I, I should really enjoy performing yeah like really be like i like i'm, I'm doing this because i like it and i'm not doing this because it's the only thing i have in my life currently or it's not the only thing that that i feel makes me feel productive it's it's, it's more than just that it's more like i find fulfillment fulfillment and that's yeah. a, a fucked up mental thing that I, I i've just learning like eight years in eight seven years in well when it's i first only- started doing stand-up a lot of the older people that were doing it they would tell me you don't even know what you're doing for, for the first 10 years. Like the first yeah. 10 years, you're just figuring it out, you know? And yes, people see success in three, four, five years. But I mean, that's true. You really don't know what you're doing until 10 years in. I still don't know what I'm doing because I really, even though I've been doing it for 12 years, I haven't really been doing it for 12 years, you know? Yeah. 
I'm yeah, I, I, the same way as you, Jorge. Like you, yeah. you pretty much summed it up because I was getting stressed out over like um, the hustle culture around it. Sometimes is just yeah. so like overwhelming, and mm-hmm. then I was getting stressed out, and then I would get like heavy brain fog on stage where I'd forget my material and stuff, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I had a realization where I was just like. Why am I stressing out over something that I love so much? Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of it is is, and you you said about well, it's a hustle culture. You yeah. Know, you see people posting social media like, oh, they're on this, they're doing that. It's like, ah, oh, I wish I could. Do. But sometimes you, you just gotta be like, I'm happy for them, and I got yeah. my own journey, and and I, I gotta focus on what's in front of me now. Yeah. Uh, which is a bunch of people, you know, who are listening to me. Sometimes I'll see people and be like, man, they have more shows, you know, tomorrow than I have in the next month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I do get super like down on myself about it. But I don't, I don't go out enough. I don't put myself out there enough because I feel like I would get more than what I get now. Because when I do go out there, when I do get open mics, I do get booked on things. Yeah. But, 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 here, but here's the, the, the part that the beautiful part is that you don't have to be them. You don't have to ride right. the boat they're riding. Yeah. It's best to ride the boat that you're already on. Yeah, yeah, your and, own, your own, and build it ride. and build it with with stuff that that you enjoy. Yeah, and and, it, and success is such a subjective thing to many people. It, you know what I'm it really is. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, oh, go like, ahead. like, like, okay, hold on, because I, I, I'm going on a long story here. So let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on. absolutely. I'll grab some popcorn. <laughs> Well, I think I think I think what made me realize um, that that philosophy is run was running for Scotty, and the story for Scotty I've said several times on a podcast, but I I, I like telling the story because it also reminds me of what I'm about, and, and don't worry I I also you know uh, I, every time I, I add in new information so. <laughs> so, so if any listeners listen to my previous podcast, they, they know about the story I've talked about before, but for me, it was just a, such an integral part of my life. Because when I started for Scotty, like I told you, I started, first mic was for Scotty General Open Mic. Six yep. months, six to eight months, I get asked to put together a comedy night. Wow. Comedy Open Mic for Scotty. And like for me, like I don't know what to do because like the only two mics in San Jose at the time was Caravan and and Woodhams. So the, the examples I had of what a mic could be was two dive bar mics. But for Scotty, it's a cafe. Right. That's you know that's a whole different demographic and a whole different vibes. And I was literally only six eight months into comedy, which is ridiculous because I I think. Once you reach the year to two years, that's when you should start an open mic because now you have an idea of what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But when you're like months into comedy, it's I don't recommend it. I don't know where I was <laughs> in that time of frame, but what gave me the confidence to try it was my my film theater background. So I'm like, you know, I put together films before, I put together stage productions before. What's comedy? You know, how's this going to be any different? And it, it, there's similarities, but there are differences as well. And that you can't control the content, of course, uh, of other people. Um, but for the first couple of years at Frascati, I was miserable running it because I was I felt like 
I was way over my head. I felt like, you know, I got caught up of being recognized in the community and I wasn't really. And what broke me, and again, and the way I ran for Scotty was was, was just like a regular open mic. People sign up, go get out, whatever. And what broke me is that a Metro newspaper article was being put together. First, like, like on the front page, Metro, it's a local Metro yeah, Silicon yeah, Valley yeah. newspaper about the open mic community, comedy community in San Jose. And there's only three to four mics at the time. So obviously for Scott, it had to be there. And yet I wasn't featured. I wasn't even asked to give my two notes on it. They asked other people to give their opinions about for Scotty. People that have not, uh, I mean, respectable people, but at the same time, they didn't put in the time that I have, the yeah. blood and sweat of tears that I put in to put in yeah. for Scotty. That was almost like your baby at the time. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, like, tr trust me, I will, I would literally lose sleep because of, of, of putting together that show. Like, I don't know, am, am I going to get shit from the crowd? Am I going to get shit from the yeah. management? Am I going to get shit, you know, from comics, especially yeah, comics? There's a lot of, a lot of masters to please in that kind of situation. Right. You're right. Like the audience, the place, the, the, the comics. Right. And the at the same time, you know, that sacrificed a lot of my developing time because I'm not out there hitting up mics. I'm not out there developing my own material because I'm so busy focused on this one thing. Yeah. So it kind of broke me of going like, damn, they made a front page article about comedy and like for Scotty barely was mentioned. And on top of that, they didn't even, you know, included me. So for me, it was like, you know, it's past me now, but it's like I was intentionally ignored, and it's like you know what? Why? Why? Why am I? And on top of that, I was already miserable running it. Aww. So I was like, "What needs to change here?" And I said, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm running this show the way I want to run it. That makes me happy. That makes me enjoy coming every week on on a Wednesday." Uh, you know, and that's where things really picked up at Frascati. That's where, because that's when I included, you know, that's where I was like, you know what, guys, let's put together a writing room and let's do new monologues every every week. Let's put, let's do some comedy debates. Let's do some, you know, just do some improv games in the middle of the mic. Let's 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 try to be more interactive. And that's where. I realized like, oh, like I was running a, a ship that I thought that I was trying to emulate another person's ship, but my ship kept sinking. So what I have to do is rearrange the ship to at least make it float. And luckily, not, not, not only did it just float, but it, it flourished. And that's where I felt we had the most crowds after that. We had the most crowds, the most fun. And that's where I realized that what, what makes the mic special is also being part of the community. You know what I'm saying? Like really be encouraging. Because the first couple of years, because I was miserable, I was miserable to younger comics. I was, I was a fucking dick. I'm not going to lie. You know, like the, the, the slightest fucking question someone might have had, I would have I responded very snarky. But then after that, when I was like, you know, I actually enjoy this, actually doing this, I was much, much nicer and... And, and also understanding of like, okay, you just started. Oh, you got these questions. That's fine. You know, be more, <laughs> be more encouraging. Yeah. How many comics <laughs> quit because of you, Jorge? I know. <laughs> what, what's that? 
I said, how many new comics quit because of you? <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. There's still people to this day that won't talk to me. And honestly, wow. I, yeah, like I, I, I understand. Like, you know, I, I take accountability for that um, and responsibility. But again, it's because I was not in a place of joy. I was not in a place of, 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 um, I was yeah, too, too, absolutely. too worried about pleasing others instead of pleasing myself first. You and know, you so. were just to a point where, yeah, you just had a very, like, uh, you just weren't, didn't have the patience, you know, you were just very short. And keep in mind that I was going through school at the same time. Like wow. yeah. that's stressful. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So like, I'm worried about graduating as shit. Like, so it wasn't just, I was being a dick to be a dick. I was being a dick. Cause like, you know, you I graduate school running this at the same time, life shit. Yeah. But I do appreciate yeah. the the comment about, you know, you had a basis of what you thought an open mic should be based on the other rooms. Yeah. And you realize that making it your own authentic way with your own personality in the room made it yeah. thrive. And a lot of people don't realize that when they go out into the world, they try to mimic another thing that's worked but what's really going to work is when we show our personality because that's the fresh thing that's the new thing nobody else is like our authentic selves yeah yeah it all it, 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 it takes but but like to get there you need a lot of time to develop yeah. or you need a pitiful moment of rock bottom of, yes of, like you know what like why am i here this makes like fuck it just i'm gonna do my thing Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. I was going to say it's also so the other mics that you kind of had as, as an example, uh, it's a completely different crowd, mm -hmm. you know, because you're more the downtown San Jose. It's a coffee shop as opposed to like a dive bar, like you said, and it's more mm -hmm. of, a, of a college of a college vibe as opposed to the other places that you mentioned, you know, and so yeah. you kind of had to to, like you said, get into the community and kind of find out what makes them tick a little bit better. Right. Right. So good for you, man. That's awesome. How long were you there? Oof. Um, let's see. So the totality of Frescati was five years, which is a long time for a cafe mic. Cafe mics yeah. usually last not even a year. Yeah, I know. So many come and go. I've I've seen them all come and go. Yeah. But the great thing about Frescati is that the owner was very patient with me. There was one year that Victor Cruz Perez ran it because I remember, yeah, I remember when he ran it for a while. Yeah, because that, that was like I was going through a lot of the time and I had to like take a break from it. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I do. And and focus on like film stuff I was doing, focus on other things. And actually me me and me and Victor Cruz like I, I like I was like, hey Victor, like like can you please take over this for me? And at the time he worked as a barista there as well. You know, yeah, he was my home. Like, yeah. And then the week after we had a falling out over oh, a no. chick. Over yeah, a chick is all you said? Yeah, like we had me and Victor Cruz Perez had a big falling out over one girl wow. who ended up being a lesbian. So we both ended up not being <laughs> <laughs> right. But we're still friends with her. We're still friends with her. She's really cool. She's really cool. Um so 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 it was kind of awkward where it's like, oh shit, I just gave my room to some guy, my friend who betrayed me. And I, I hate him. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, so when he was running it, for the most part, I, I, I did not come around the cafe. But then again, I was so busy focusing on other projects. You know what's um, crazy is that's yeah. kind of the time where I started going there often when he was the host of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So yeah. He, he, so you were in that era. And so and, I was like, era, I remember, I remember when Victor ran this room before Jorge did. I, I you know, I would yeah. say that. 
No, yeah. Well, it's the other way around. I started. I guess, I guess so. It. I didn't know. I didn't and know. And then, and then what happened was that, you know, I mean, Victor Crisper is a sweet guy, my friend, but yeah. he, was, he was also going through shit at the time. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he made some poor decisions. And he admits it. He admits it. He's like, yeah, he was kind of fucked up. You know, like one time he'll go, he'll start the show and just say a bunch of slurs, like all the racial slurs he could oh, think of. Oh, dang. And, you know, so, so, so eventually the, the owner calls me up. The owner calls me and say, hey, you know, this comedy thing's not working out with Victor. I think they fired him from, oh, wow. from working there at that point. But they're like, you know, like there's two options. Either they're going to get rid of comedy completely regard like the, they don't want to look for anybody else or i come back wow. which was kind of nice it's you, you know, or nobody like, <laughs> yeah pretty much and by this time i had fresher eyes and fresher perspectives because i was working on like different projects yeah. so i felt like okay i could come back now and try different shit and like yeah. have fun and shit and that's what we did and you know everything's okay me and victor made up we're, we're all good yeah, he's yeah. a good person and, yeah, uh, and cool I think we continued for three, two to three more years until we reached our fifth year and the business got sold. So, but luckily we got lucky that we, we, we were able to end the show in our terms because the week wonderful. after the COVID lockdowns happened. <laughs> it was after, <laughs> oh, I guess it was. Um, yeah, it was literally was literally because i remember we ended the show the last week of february and then the first week of march we're like all right yeah. we're gonna lock down for two weeks or some wow. shit. so i we got lucky we got lucky that we yeah, had a, fucking, uh, lucky a, a super spreader event the, the week before oh my <laughs> gosh nobody, right nobody really like that i know of uh you know got it i didn't get it uh so yeah Athena and I went to the last show uh, at Frascati because we had to, you know, we had to go pay respects. Oh, yeah. I appreciate and, it. Thank you so much. And yes, uh, I remember we, you guys being there. Yes. We talked to Mel Michelle about it because she was there, but we didn't know her. But I filmed yeah. Athena's set and you could see Mel Michelle in the front. And also Cynthia, yeah. we talked about Cynthia. Uh, we talked to Cynthia about it because, you know, they were talking about how, you know, you guys all celebrated at the end and they, you know, they did a special thing for you, that whatever. So sweet. Um, but tell us about the last day of Frascati. Yeah, your perspective. Interesting. Well, before I do that, I got to give again my appreciation for you guys for being there. Appreciation for Cynthia and for Mel Michelle being there. And, and honestly, if Frascati would have kept going, uh, the future preferably would have been to give it to uh, a woman uh, 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 comedy producer. Uh, oh, wow. That's, that's because good. for Scotty, because we like uh, uh, when, when I mentioned before of being part of the community, it also meant helping those in the community. Yeah. And for yeah. the longest time, women felt in South Bay felt unsafe about most of the mics. They felt like the opportunities were not there. They felt like the spots always get filled up fast. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, you know what? I'll, and this happened because I, I honestly, I snapped on somebody of like who, who were saying those things about, you know, how, how it's not a woman friendly environment. And I was like, well, if it's not woman friendly, then maybe we should start one. You know, why don't you start, you know, the usual bullshit of like, well, you should do your show this and that. And when I did that, I felt like such a dick. And that's when I realized, like, wait a minute, I'm a comedy producer. I have a platform. I have a, 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 you know, 
because not everybody has the opportunity to make open mics or to make shows like right. you know yeah just because they, they they mentioned those critiques um you know it, it's no reason to be a dick to them because you know it, instead of instead of like telling them what they should do i should do my part and 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 just you know do what i can do to help as opposed to just telling them what they should do you know what i'm saying absolutely yeah. i came up I came off like such a fucking dick about it, but but I remember realized like, no, they're important people to me, and I should make an effort. And that's when I at Frascati on the last week it was for a priority to put up women and and people in the LGBTQ community. Oh wow! I love it. Yeah, and it's so funny. I got so much shit for that. Did <laughs> you really? So but the, the the ironic part is when I got shit, those very same people that gave me shit for it. A month later, or like two months later, when they saw it being a success, they praised me for it. Wow. wow. That's cool. So it's not so much that people are, you know, misogynistic or or, 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 or homophobic about these opportunities. It's more like they, they just haven't seen it in, in, in action in the real world. Yeah. And so the, the, they need to like see it for themselves of how it's not about you or it's not about comedy. It's about the community. Yeah. Right. And, Right. So, and that attracted a lot of beautiful people and, and great performers in, in, who, in the women's spaces and in the LGBTQ spaces that would come for Scotty on the regular. And, and um, they're the ones who really, really, I'm going to cry a bit, but I mean, everybody supported me and I think everybody, but those particular people, groups of people really were, were, were I'm just grateful for their support in many ways. So on the last day, when when Cynthia and Mel Michelle, they did this, you know, they, it was kind of sad because they raised money for my dating life or something like that. <laughs> um, but it was just beautiful on the last day, on the last night of like seeing the different eras of Frascati in one night. You know, I had comics yeah. that have that been there from the beginning. Yeah. I had comics who, who, who just got to know Frascati a couple months ago. Had for Scotty, you know, that were there when Victor Cruz was there. That had for Scotty, but uh, like different eras. It was just fucking a mind fuck. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, this is such, this is so craziness. And I had a good time. We had taco trucks. We had, it was, it really felt like a big old festival. And, and I cried. I, I did cry. Um, but the only mistake I, I, I did, I regret was I let it, I let it go for too long. <laughs> we had like, I think like 80, 90 performers. There was so many people. Like that. There was like, <laughs> wow, that many. And, and, the, and the way I advertised was like, everybody's going up, no matter what. Every, tonight, <laughs> we're, we're up until 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And 1 a.m., 2 a.m. comes around and I'm like, I just want to go home. I'm tired as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love it's it. crazy because like, uh, I hate to put it this way, but it really felt like a funeral because it did you, a funeral. Yeah, I was because a celebration of life. No, I mean, yeah, 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 that too. But like when, like for example, um, when when you know, my mom my mom passed away, right? It's like you know you see people that you haven't seen in years, and you see like um, it's like a reunion, you know, and everybody's there yeah. to celebrate that one thing, that one thing that we all came together for. And it was just, it was really amazing. And like, you know, at funerals, it's like, I love seeing everybody. I wish it was better circumstances, whatever. 
but that's kind of how it felt. Everybody came together yeah. just for that one thing to just for one last hurrah to just come to Frascati and just love it one and more pay time. Pay their respects. And pay their respects. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. how I started the conversation off. I love it. So, yeah, yeah it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Just the people, seeing all the people that were there, the people we haven't seen in so long. It was just great. I loved it. I loved that night. And again, thank you to you too, Athena and Sam. And uh, thank you to everybody who showed up. Thank you everybody for the support. Like honestly, people were like, Jorge, you made for Scotty Gray. I'm like, no, you guys made like a mic is only as good as the performers that come to perform yeah. there and and, and 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 are there to like support it. Like but at the same time, if you hadn't, yeah. you know, messed with it and figured out what formula you needed to do. You wouldn't have had so, so much success. Yeah, there. you're the director. Uh, you right, were the director. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to I put really it. I really think you should write this as a script and film it. <laughs> I mean, you know what's crazy? That's a fucking epic story, man. You could probably <laughs> even make a movie like called Frascati because it's not in business anymore. I yeah. love and, it. And, and, and trust me, there's like different, like, uh, there's, there's more stories to. that happen to Frascati. I'm man. sure there is. That's why you it would be kick a out. meaty movie. You could even make yeah. like a TV series. Yeah. Like just another night. Oh of my Love gosh, the falling out thing with Victor over the would make, alone was fucking would it, That would make a great episode. That would make a great episode. You really have okay. to write that for you, man. I think yeah. uh, I think you could. Do you still do movie stuff and you production should, oh stuff? Oh my gosh. Hmm. You have good such question. Good storytelling skills, man. So when for Scotty ended when I graduated, um I was really and up until right now, I've been very focused on comedy and just you know paying bills. Yeah. Now I'm the you know now I'm quote unquote out of school in the real world, mm -hmm. so I've been really hyper focused. I'm just you know having a good financial foundation and yeah, just doing comedy on, on, and trying to survive basically. Yeah. But and and, and but then recently I did uh, Andrew. Do you know Andrew De Leon? Uh, I I kind of do not not well, but I do yeah. Well, he runs a mic in, oh, he runs a show. I mean, he runs a showcase in Berkeley and he, he, he made, he filmed a promo for it and just getting back on set, just, you know, that dynamic of like acting and collaborating, it really brought me back to those film days and like, and, and like I made a web series before and, you know, whatever. Have you guys heard of it? I hope not. Uh, I don't think so. Uh... <laughs> I can see it on your face. Like you <laughs> Fully regretted mentioning it. I, mean, I, don't I mean, think I have. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Looking for Saint Jorge, and it was like I, I, I was inspired by Louis, uh, Louis C.K. Oh, show, that's Louis. cool. So it's like I try to make a Louis show, but me and, my, and it's so funny because I like I put my stand up of two years, two three years in, and it's so bad. Like, oh gosh, like, I can't watch mine. Like, 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 like. Like there's no laughs coming from the crowd. I'm like, what did I put this in this episode? I mean, but as a producer, you're able to add laughs later, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to be authentic, like Louie. I love so, it. Like, you gotta watch oh. it. Where is it? But you couldn't use the words "I'm dying up here" because that was already taken. So it, 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 it's on. It's on YouTube. It's called "Looking for Saint Jorge." I've only managed Looking to do three Jorge. episodes out of eight. I'm gonna watch it. Um, but it's it's just. You know, so I'm like, I'm reflecting now, like, you know, maybe I should revisit it. Maybe I should work on the new web series, comedy yeah. web series. Dude. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at my old scripts and I'm like, oh, because I, I also had a black and white short film series. Mm -hmm. And like, 
I don't know, like I'm kind of gearing towards maybe getting back into it. I'm, I'm uh, like, I think I'm, I want to go back into both podcasting and filmmaking uh, and, uh, and see how I can manage that while doing stand up and life shit. You know what I'm saying? I so, think, yeah. with the, I think with the perspective that you've gained uh, with the comedy experience and even the producing experience and just the life experience, I think you can look at it with brand new eyes and just a whole new level. Like yeah, sometimes you gotta do that. Sometimes you gotta step away yeah. for a bit. Yeah, there's a there's a term in wrestling called uh, "you can't see the forest amongst the trees." Ah, oh, that's a good one. Right, so you have to like step away to see the forest as a whole. You have to kind of step away for a minute. Yeah, like I'm sure I'm sure both of you experienced that because you said you took a break from comedy, right? Yeah, we stopped for like four years. So how was that? How was that coming back to to, to comedy after four years of not doing it? It was insane because we never really got out of the mentality of being comedians. Yeah, we were, it was so weird. We were always talking about it. We were always writing. We were always, what do you think of this joke? What do you think of this joke? But we hadn't been on stage in, you know, two and a half years or whatever. But we would still like throw jokes at each other. We would still talk about things and reminisce, reminisce about it and go to people's shows to support them. If we couldn't do it ourselves, we wanted to support other people. Yeah, and then when we got married in 2019, we decided, you know what? I think we're, you know, we're waiting for things to be right, but let's just do it. Let's just yeah. go back to comedy because we love mm -hmm. it so much, you know? And I feel like the first time I did it, we did two mics the first night. We did um, Priscilla's uh, uh, Keys, and then we did yeah. Woodham's right after. Um, nice. But it was super fun. It was just like, we hadn't spent any time off stage and we just felt, I, I felt great. Yeah. I just felt great. I had new jokes that I came out with that, you know, that I didn't do before for years. And it was just so much fun. And I felt very confident uh, coming back to it. And I also felt a lot better um, in my time back doing comedy. I realized um, the first time I was doing comedy, I didn't really believe in myself. And I didn't know that at the time. But then, like, fast forwarding to the second time doing comedy, I knew the feeling of believing myself, and I didn't feel that the first time. Yeah, I agree. Same with you, Athena. Oh, about believing in myself? Oh, I'm just coming back into comedy. Oh, man. I, well, okay. So coming back into comedy, I got really excited and I, I, I got happy. And then, um, quickly realized that I was going to be eating shit for at least a month <laughs> coming back. So I was like on that weird cusp. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but on that weird cusp of like, damn, I'm eating shit at every mic that I do, but also, yeah, I'm doing mics and I'm eating shit and I don't care. <laughs> that, that's exactly how I yeah. felt after COVID. After like a couple months of not doing comedy, dude, I got booed. Like, like <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. And I, I haven't been booed before like that hard. And like that hard. It was the hardest. It was the hardest you ever got booed. Yeah. Like, like, because, like, you know, during COVID, there was no shows, no mics, and me and Faco started hitting up mics like they were secret underground. Yeah, I've heard of those. I got invited and, to a couple of those, but I didn't. And, and like, you know, when you haven't done something in a while, you're just, the rhythm's off, the confidence is off. And so I was, for the first month, I was bombing hard. I was just bombing. And <laughs> and and so I, I hear what you're saying. It, it took a, 
you know, an adjustment for sure. Yeah. Oh man, coming back after COVID. Now that's a whole fucking other story. Oh, I felt so I strong. felt the most amazing I felt because we did comedy throughout the whole pandemic, like nonstop. We was, we were just yeah. like running the zooms. We were like running the zoom game and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh the first time I did comedy coming back was one of the most amazing feelings ever. I went on stage. I did my first joke, which is like, you know, just something about the room. It was outside, though. Um, and I got a laugh. Right. And I thought to myself, holy shit, because on Zoom, <laughs> when you say a joke from your mouth, from my mouth to your ears is about three to five seconds. And then yeah. from when you laugh from your mouth to my ears is another three, three to five seconds. So when I tell a joke on Zoom, it's like eight to ten seconds of silence. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then when I go on stage in front of a live audience and I tell a joke and they laugh, I'm just like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a couple of Zoom shows and it was definitely weird and some were fun. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I still do Zoom shows. But it's incredible. But, but, but I don't I don't know which I don't know which one hurts more, bombing on Zoom or bombing on in person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of, I mean, at least on the Zoom one, you're already yeah. home and you can just log off after you bomb and just crawl into your bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, short story, short story with Cynthia, since we brought her up before. So Cynthia, she was running Zoom shows as well. Yeah, yeah. she was. We did a lot of she, Zooms with thank her. You. Yeah. And she and she asked me to host one of them. And like I was like, you know, she's a friend. I'll do it for her because she's a friend. And I did it. And she was still in the chat. And she was giving was me the feedback. Was it the feedback one? I think so. I, okay, I anyways, I'm sorry. Go on. And the thing about these Zoom shows, which is kind of cool, is that you just you meet comedians from literally all over the world, all over yep. the country. Yep. Yeah. But like, I, like, I don't know these people. I'm just getting a list of names to introduce and host. And, but Cynthia says that as a, like, this is like a heckling show or something like that. We had oh, a- okay. It's a heckle show. I don't think I did any of her heckle shows. But yeah, yeah, there was heckle shows. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I'm like, like, but like, I'm like, no, I want to hear the material. Like, well, I don't want to heckle. And she's like, you know, because you're, you're the host, you have to like start it out. So this poor guy from LA was just doing his bit. And, and Cynthia's like, roast him. I'm like, what? Just roast him. Oh, like, what? do something, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I, so I was like, um, and keep in mind, I don't know the guy. So it's hard for me to roast people I don't yeah, know, really. Right. Oh, my God. You know? So... I was like, fine, okay. And I'm like, yo, like I forgot what I, I did, but I, I roasted him. I'm like, oh, by the way, you look so and so and so and so. And he just he looked like he didn't like it and nobody laughed. And I like, oh. oh, shame, shame, shame. Like, oh no. Like I came out like such a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And and for the rest of the show, I just kept it, I went straight to the point. I was like, all right, next time so and so. <laughs> no more heckling for me i think no the last time i did that show uh cynthia was commenting about how everyone was too afraid to uh heckle right. <laughs> she's like it's a heckling show you yeah. have to heckle <laughs> well like i don't know i mean I, I, i'm sure it went great it was my first time with it but like when you want to heckle you kind of want to do it in person you know because you're yeah in the room, you know like like that's something I learned from hosting is, is it's better to to roast people with with a live crowd because they're there in the moment they, they see what you're seeing. 
and and it gives the other person like an opportunity to also heckle back and this and that. Right. Yeah, it is a lot harder to weird on Zoom. But, but, but it's just funny how on Zoom shows, even then, it's like you know, life always finds a way, and comedy yeah. bombing always finds a way too. You know. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I will give you credit though, Jorge, because you are the one that really got us comfortable just hanging out on Zooms because um, Athena and I. We pretty much had a Zoom chat open for the whole pandemic and people were just coming and going and hanging out with us. And we were kind of like the safe place and the place to be. And you kind of got us comfortable doing that uh, in the beginning because you and Falco were doing Zoom hangouts. And on top of that, uh, you introduced us through those hangouts to two people that we love and we're going to be friends with for life, Cynthia and Paula. Yeah. Which is amazing. Uh, It's funny because I remember, yeah, Paula Maddox from uh, Eureka. I met her on your Zoom hangout. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Rings You're like, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hold on. Uh, I remember you announced the, the last, like, this is the last one we're doing. And it was still, like, super early in the pandemic. Do uh, you remember those Zoom hangouts? What was that like for you? Yeah, there were a lot of fun. It was just me and Falco. Well, the thing is, uh, me and Falco, we were hanging out together during the pandemic. And, like, we wanted to do something, anything. Right. And, but we... we we felt like Zoom shows was not our thing. Right. So we're like, let's do a Zoom hangout. Yeah. And we just roasted each other, really. But we just <laughs> talked shit. But like, it's kind of like loosey goosey connecting with people and just like, and, yeah. and, and Absolutely. putting out there to anybody to join, which just, which is on Facebook is awesome. But, uh, but, uh, Fakwan is undivided, undivined, uh, uh, um, hatred for Facebook. It, his Fear divine of Facebook. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I post on Facebook, and him, it, he thought it was a great idea to post the Zoom link on Twitter. Uh, so, oh yeah, that's where you get the bombers on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we got bombed so many times. Oh no! <laughs> we, got people, we got people posting like, like porn shit, and like yeah. we're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you don't put the link on Twitter ever, 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 ever. No, we but those are a lot way. of fun. Those are a lot of fun of just seeing people just hanging out, just talking about comedy, just talking about anything. And yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Well, we and, saw um, we recognized that in your hangouts. We were like, wow, we feel like we connected. And we yeah. didn't want that to stop because it was so important. We knew how it made us feel, and we yeah. wanted to keep that for other people. So when you get down on yourself, I want you to remember that part that you helped so many people, and it, it was just by inspiring us. And yeah, people I think mean, they were helped by us, but they were also helped by you too. So many people were in the pandemic, you know, so many people that we know from the pandemic, like, you know, like hanging out with you was great. Like, cause we would have hangouts every day all the time and people were just like, felt so safe there. And that was really inspired by you. So um, yeah, hats I'm, off I'm to you guy, guys. I don't know what to say. Um, no, thank that you guys are, I don't know. You, you give you guys self credit for being there as well. And like, cause by you guys being there, that made me happy too. You know, that made Hell me yeah. feel you know, comfortable too you know what i'm saying i don't know Fucko told me that was last that was why you guys stopped doing it because that was there i'm just kidding yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey do you have any like upcoming projects or anything you're working on anything exciting yeah, totally yeah, yeah. Uh, is this the closing up but they're plugging in yeah we, we, yeah awesome. definitely but i want you to talk about your uh your shows too but yeah what you got going coming up yeah yeah so um as of right now today's day i'm not sure when you're releasing this about a month or so 
in the month okay yeah. okay uh, <laughs> nothing know. going on i know you have a show tonight but that's irrelevant <laughs> yeah well i think i got me hella t ride oh no because i don't know all right um stay strong horse stay strong, stay strong. come on home stretch home stretch you can do it there's, there's no crying in comedy uh, no crying in baseball it's all crying, either, it's all, crying. <laughs> all right so uh yeah yeah uh please first of all follow me on instagram please on jorge m sanchez that's probably the best way where i upload or i put up upcoming shows and, and stuff um facebook i guess but i recommend instagram and uh twitter as well uh south bay boy jms so social medias as far as shows i am i run uh, the, uh one of the shows at random lounge in san jose i run well me and michelle together we run the first two sundays of the month but the ones I, I really book and, and host is the second Sunday of the month at Brenham Lounge. Hell yeah. And um, if you released this in a month, my tenure at Santa Cruz Blue Lagoon would have ended. Uh, I, I am no longer going to be. I mean, I'll be around, but I, I won't I'll no longer be helping. Uh, oh, no longer at Blue Lagoon? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, well. you know, it's time for me to move on. You know, do you have um, any uh, uh, crazy stories that you can tell uh, about the Blue Lagoon? Yes, but let's wait until my tenure ends. Okay. <laughs> well, this will be out before your tenure. Ooh. You won't be there anymore by the time this comes out. That means yeah. have uh, let's have a part two. Let's have a part two on that because because the Blue Lagoon, amazing people, uh, and you know, long after I'm I'm gone, it's gonna be good people. It's a it's a great time. place. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't um, want you to tell any stories that would make him look bad, but I'm sure some yeah. crazy shits happened. No, no, it's it's not on them. It's just overall, it's just you know, I'm, I'm still scene. in it, you know. So yeah, it's Santa Cruz. It's Santa Cruz, so wild <laughs> yeah. shit happens. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it, 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 it's both a good learning experience for me, and Hell you yeah. know, it, it, and across the board, good and bad ways. It's, it's all been a, a, a good ex, uh, learning experience. But yeah, but anyway, but you should still go to it. You know, you should still go to every Tuesday Hell night. Yeah. I will go as much as I possibly can. Shows yeah, in downtown yeah. Santa Cruz. It's still a lot of fun. Um, I, I start check out the podcast. I start with PX, Your yes. Worst Neighbors. Now available on Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Pretty soon, I'm looking forward to it being on iTunes, hopefully. Hell yeah. On YouTube, maybe. We'll see. It's not very hard to get on iTunes. I think you can do it. Yeah. I, well, to, today, before I got on your show, I, I just submitted my... Our, our okay. SSD. Yeah. It takes like two weeks to get approval. Yeah. And then, yeah, just follow me on social media and um, for any upcoming shows. And hopefully soon I'll be on a hypothetical comedy show. So we'll see about that. Hell yeah. Hopefully soon we have a hypothetical comedy show. We will. We I'm will. putting it into we the will. universe. Except if it's on Zoom, then we won't invite you. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> um, you can find me on social media at Funky Sam Medina, and you can find me at She Shines for You on Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, those are the only two. Sorry. Oh wait. Yeah, those are the, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> how, how, can, how can people? Where can people listen to this podcast? Um, they can listen to this podcast anywhere: Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Am- Spotify, Amazon, Audible. Uh, what else? Oh, and we have a carrier pigeon that will tweet it out. And hypotheticalcomedy.com. There we go. Hell yeah! Thank but you, you so know, if for- if they're listening to this um, podcast, I don't think they're wondering where they can find it. <laughs> no, just in case. I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jorge, hey, it's been super fun. Thank you, man. No, seriously, before we go, I just want to give uh, my flowers to both of you guys. You guys are 
the best shining example of what a comedy couple should be out here. And you guys are amazing people. And thank you for the opportunity to be on this platform of yours. And I, I truly hope to see you guys again, mess around with you guys again, have fun, get some burritos again. Hell yeah. And, and, um, That's my favorite the- part about the Brennan Lounge is Love Vicks. <laughs> Love Vicks. Vicks. It's so close to Love Vicks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to all the listeners of Hypothetical Comedy, thank you so much. <laughs>